Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Carol Masser. On demand via our Bloomberg Radio Plus app. Free for iPhone and Android devices. Better watch what's in your water. You know what that could mean. Yes, that's from Jaws, and we love just hearing that. But more seriously, folks, water, it's a serious matter. And uh, here to talk a little bit more about it is Blue Marble Research's president and global investment strategist, Vinny Catalano. He joins us in our Taking Stock studio. Good to have you back with us. Oh, great to be here, Carol. Thank you. We're having fun with the, the lead-in to you, but water is mm-hmm. a serious issue. Absolutely. Uh, this may be a water planet, but most of the water is not usable on either uh, human consumption, agricultural, or industrial level. And you need to convert whatever there is. Uh, You need to clean whatever there is for both uh, uh, developed countries and developing countries. And the demand for that is is projected to be very, very high in the 10-plus trillion dollar range over the next number of years. So I have a question for you. Mm -hmm. Is it just... Companies can deal with the problem, and there'll be lots of opportunities for investors, or there's also the case that there's going to be a serious problem on this planet, and there's going to be a shortage of water. Which yeah, is I it? think it's a little bit of both, actually. Really? Sure. I think that in developed countries— Well, there already is a shortage of water for a lot of de- developing sure. well, well, countries. Well, I'm, I'm going to California next month, yeah. and where am I going? I'm going to the drought state. You know, and um, maybe at some point in somebody's lifetime, they'll create a water grid that will enable the flow of water coming from maybe the Great Lakes or somewhere, the Pacific Northwest, down to areas that are going to need it. Can you and really do something that, or why not just do a lot of saliniz- salinization plants? That's a, that's a possibility, too, and maybe that becomes a you know a better economic option. But something is better than nothing, yeah. and more is definitely on the horizon for developed countries and developing. And in developed countries, you just take New York City. We have a water system here that is, what, over a century old, that if you don't have a water filter in some way, like I do at home, Mm -hmm. and I filter the water, and I have to tell you, that filter gets pretty clogged up by the time it's done after, you know, a couple of months. Well, if you're not filtering it, you're ingesting it. How healthy can that possibly be? And that's developed countries. And then developing, you've got the whole story with that, too. So, Hey, Vinny, uh, yeah. there is the Guggenheim uh, S&P, right? right, Global Water Exchange Traded Fund. It trades under the symbol CGW. Mm-hmm. Is that the best way or really the intelligent way to invest in mm-hmm. the thesis that clean water is essential? I would put money into CGW. P-H-O, Peter Harry Oscar, and P-I-O, Peter Irene Oscar. They are the three leading uh, water resource ETFs, CGW being the best performing over the last number of years. Um, Put your money, diversify uh, among them, and then if you're smart enough, lucky enough, Pick out individual issues within. And do this with all ETFs, frankly. Okay, Pick out sectors that you like, styles that you like. Buy the ETFs for the block position and then select individual issues. And that makes more sense than trying to pick the winner only or the two or three. I mean, the worst thing in the world for an investor point of view, losing money. The second worst thing, being right about something and having the wrong issue. 
United States. No. Talk to us, though, about these ETFs, because there's mm-hmm. kind of a mixture of companies right. that make these ETFs from utilities to treatment companies. I mean, it covers right, the right. gamut, doesn't it? And that's why you get a fair amount of criticism in regards to water investments because of the fact that it does blend in the slower, more boring type of utility types right. that are there. <clears throat> it's a need. It's a need in, in, you know, north of $10 trillion um, and money to be made. And the outperformance by CGW and the very good performance by the other two, you know, attest to the fact that over the years with the lower volatility that they've been a very good investment to be in. Vinny, I know you said you're going to go to the drought-stricken areas of the west of, of the United States. Well, first I go to Seattle, then I'm down to Okay, well, maybe you'll bring some, <laughs> I'll bring some water with uh, me. Some precipitation uh, with you. Right. Uh, this, you pick these things to invest, obviously, to make, to make money. Absolutely. Sure. Um, the consequences would seem that agriculture, mm-hmm. there would be something connected with agriculture. Uh, Ag producers as well, because if you don't have water, uh, you're not growing sure. crops, right? Exactly. And that's the thing that I would try to emphasize, which is it isn't just human consumption. Right. It is agriculture and it is industry. And you need potable water for each one of these areas. Or even non-potable in the sense of, let's say, if you're going to do fracking for natural gas in these shale plays, right, you need large quantities of water, and then that has to be slurried away. Uh, And that's on the waste treatment side of it. Yeah, exactly. So this covers the front end and the back end. Desalinization maybe would be a good way to play, but that's a... A harder one from everything that I've seen. I think you just do the broad stroke by the ETFs, get the exposure, get it in all different parts of the world. I think it's a good thematic play. This is the larger context of investing, which is the other dynamic of the jaws. Yeah, yeah. That's it, too. Well, I just think there's so many different ways to play it because you think about companies, Bloomberg and others, Mm -hmm. you know, that are looking at sustainability issues. And so in some ways, everybody is kind of in that water play, potentially. Yeah, absolutely. And and there are other themes, too, that that benefit. There are other investment areas that benefit from long-term themes. This happens to be one of them. It's within the overall category of global infrastructure. So when you're looking at investments, and that falls in the category of industrial. So. All right, you're listening to Taking Stock on Bloomberg Radio. I'm Carol Master, my co-host, Pim Fox. Our guest at this hour, Vinny Catalano. He's president, global investment strategist at Blue Marble Research. And Vinny, before we move on a little bit, we've been talking a lot about kind of investing in water, and you mentioned some of the you know water resourcing ETFs that you like, CGW, mm-hmm. PHO, PIO, those are the tickers. How long have you been on this investment play? Um, going back to, I think, 2006, so 2007. It's been a while. And exactly. you've stayed with it, and it's made sense. Uh, yeah, very much so. Very much so. It, thematic investing makes sense. Individual investors can benefit from thematic investing in general. You look at trends and themes. You invest over a longer cycle. After you've made your investment in those trends and themes, make sure that you do an evaluation as to what your sector exposure is. How much do you have in one of the 10 economic sectors? Because you don't want to get too far out of balance. You may inadvertently end up owning twice or three times as much in one area. And that's okay if that's what you want to do. Just know that that's what you're doing. This water theme has more legs, a lot more longer. I think legs, so, definitely. Will. Yeah, I think, you know, how does it not get to be more so, or at least the same over the next number of decades? Nowhere near the $10 trillion plus dollars has been spent in this area. Population continues to grow. Developing markets continue to grow. You say $10 yeah. trillion will be spent. How much has been spent so far? 
Um, I think it's only a couple of trillion okay. total. So, you know, the projections by the consultancies uh, like McKinsey and I believe Booz and Company had the number. It, it depends on which one you're looking at, but it has the number even as high as something like $20 trillion over the next two decades. And that's a lot of money, mm-hmm. you know, for companies that, you know, they're not some of them are large. Some of them are divisions of big companies, but many of them are, you know, of moderate size. And like I said, you know, if you buy into the theme and you buy into thematic investing in general and then you make the investments into the, that particular theme, then narrow it down. And, you know, if you have that, uh, that desire, that willingness, that expertise to drill down and you pick a couple of individual issues, right. that'll be a good thing to do. So, yeah. Vinny, uh, mm-hmm. you do a lot of work with the New York Society of Security analysts, yes, right? I do. You travel around the country also giving presentations to security <laughs> yes, analysts. I do. Uh, what If you were to take a poll and ask the people who you meet in the business, are they optimistic about stocks or are they not interested Yeah, that's a great question. In the beginning of the year, and you know you do one of them here in New York with me, but I do about another seven or eight of them throughout the country, Florida, uh, Arizona, Louisiana. And it's it's a different world out there. They're just not uh, thinking about things at the same level as, let's say, somebody might in the New York area, uh, somebody who might be a portfolio manager here. They are more financial advisors, more wealth managers. And even though they have that designation of chartered financial analyst, they're really managing money more on a, on a wealth management basis more than anything else. So to answer your question, um, they're sitting there looking at this uh, bull market with a degree of bewilderment. And, and, um, Do you find that people have cash that plenty. they wait really? Sure, yeah, they have plenty of cash. There's still plenty of cash. Bewildered in that they, it just doesn't make sense in terms of the moves up or what? Yeah, it, it's difficult to side. understand, to comprehend. I, I think there's an, there's an inherent uh, a sense of, um, of caution, of, um, of um, understanding the fact that a lot of the way this economy has functioned over the last number of years has been due to extraordinary actions that have been taken by central banks, mainly. And I think that with that, um, you know, there's this this nagging, gnawing, under the surface, bothering about, and and it goes beyond. Oh yeah, well you know we'll unwind the Fed's balance sheet. Oh, we don't need to unwind the Fed balance sheet. All that type of stuff. Just look at this, and it, it, they, they have a sense of being troubled. I okay, all right. So okay, so let's just take the next step if we can. This idea sure. that you have potential investors who are troubled. Who, when you look at the portfolio, you see a big chunk of the money is in cash. Right. Right. Now, if indeed their fears were to be realized, and there were to be some big sell-off in stocks and this big Mm -hmm. moment when people realize, oh, so much of the liquidity as you provide. Uh, Will that hurt their cash? Because if that were to come to pass, Mm -hmm. wouldn't that hurt the economy to the extent that now you have a scenario that is not going to benefit any, there's not going to be a big deflation, it's going to be just a big mess. Yes, but I think the the okay. There's so much in your question there that that crosses over into so many different areas. Let me just kind of z- zero in on one of them, which is the you know the asset management dynamic of it. If you have assets in the equity markets and they deflate 
to a degree, and you have assets in, uh, let's say, no-risk short-term money markets, your relative net worth has gone up. You, and you not, and you also have the capacity to make. I, this is where I thought you were going to go, but you didn't go there. Then you have the capacity with that capital to deploy the capital into those deflated. Right, but equity that's market athletes. timing. But what I would argue is that the reason that there's a significant amount of cash out there, it ties in with this other point that was brought up before. The individual investor, the average investor, is all is also bewildered. They look at this and they they take a look at stocks trading in the financial media. And if they look at the second-by-second trading, it's spasming. Why is it spasming? Because of high-frequency trading. Does that help instill confidence in the average investor to want to be in this game? And the Not answer if they remember is, being burned recently. Well, right? they, they got burned recently, and and they they're you know they they're really kind of not back. They're back through managed money. They're back through maybe ETFs and things of that sort. But they, they, I I don't get this sense of. Um, of, uh, of enthusiasm. Now, professional investors, what will they say? They will say, oh, yeah, eventually they're going to get into it. Eventually they're going to be forced into it, you know, that kind of thing. Well, maybe not. Maybe you've lost them for quite some time. And then eventually you go through this whole cycle and these extraordinary actions lead to something unforeseen at this time. A black swan event takes place. And then where are you? Now, now you're in extremely difficult circumstances. It is... Um, and, and also in a time where you know, you've got Pimco saying what the new normal is now the new neutral, and so it's not <laughs> dynamic growth. There's not a lot of impetus for no. you know necessarily stocks to go higher here. Uh, yeah, and real wage growth is not there. Right. And you know we don't have to get we can get into income inequality and stuff like that. And what does it mean from an economic point of view? Not even as a social point of view, but from an economic point of view, what does it mean? What does it mean when when the bulk of the spending public? It doesn't have the wherewithal through real wage growth to go out and to spend. So what do they do? Exactly what they're doing now. They're borrowing. They're bar. You know. We've seen this just, movie before. We've seen this movie before, and 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 it's getting played again. Movie summertime blockbuster <laughs> <laughs> that kind of thing. It's just, you know it's a changed world. This is the whole Jaws thing. Is that. Anyone who thinks that the stock market today, and a phrase I use is not your grandfather's stock market anymore, they think this is the stock market of yore. <laughs> now, all you have to do is go to the Florida New York Stock Exchange, and you will see a media company has the largest physical presence there. You go to NASDAQ, it's a television studio. Right. Remember what it is. the days when you used to walk on the floor and you'd get bounced around and there was stuff Oh, it was great. I worked the on the Florida Stock Exchange way back when. I loved it's it. not that way, no, no. fantastic. Yeah. Very different day. Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank you to be Always here. Always learn something. Vinny Catalano, President, Global Investment Strategist at Blue Marble Research. You are listening to Taking Stock. I'm Carol Masser, my co-host Pim Fox, and this is Bloomberg Radio. Taking Stock, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern. In New York on Bloomberg 1130. In Boston on 1200 AM and 94.5 FM HD2. Or on Sirius XM Satellite Radio Channel 119. Copyright 2014, Bloomberg LP.